Welcome to this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. I'm Lav, soon to be joined by Rex. And folks, it is day three of the Open Championship. Barring either a collapse or some remarkable rally, it sure does look like we have a two-man race at St. Andrews. Roy McIlroy and Victor Hovland are tied for the lead through 54 holes at 16 under par. The next closest, Cameron Young and Cameron Smith, four shots behind with a host of players stacked up behind them. For now, it's Rory and Victor. We'll get into what their Saturdays look like, what their Sundays need to look like if they want to hoist the Clara Jug, and plenty more in this edition of the pod. But first, Chrome Soft Golf Balls from Callaway are better for the best, better for everyone, and they are the official sponsor product of the Wind Gauge technology throughout Coverage All Week. This family is available in Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X, in ChromeSoft XLS. Each of these golf ball offerings incorporates the company's precision technology for the tightest dispersions, consistently fast ball speeds, and total performance. And of course, they deliver the soft, responsive feel and control that players love. They're available now, and you can find the best ChromeSoft golf ball for you at CallawayGolf.com. Rex, this is take two. We recorded the pod about two hours ago, I went on my merry way, went down uh, into my room, ignoring the bunkmate, uh, putting on my noise-canceling headphones. And sure enough, Zoom is down. Globally, Zoom is down. We are recording this via other means. That is not to uh, take away from what I'm hoping is a very lively pod, even though we have to do it the second time now. I feel like we can do it better the second time around. I really do. You did avoid the bunkmate, and she brought pizza. I don't know whatever what else she could possibly do to bridge the gap between yes, you and her. She's trying to charge me for three dollars and fifty cents for that, that slice of reheated frozen <laughs> Scottish pizza. Thank you, bunkmate. This is this has been a, a wonderful contribution. Rex, let's 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 get right into this. Uh, St. Andrews was the setting for actually what appeared to be a pretty good. Uh, third round duel between uh, Roy McIlroy and Victor Hovland, matching 66s. Roy's had a, a bit more theatrics, I would say. Uh, the hole out eagle on the 10th hole. Uh, Victor getting up and down uh, from the road. Anywhere. Uh, on the getting up and down up from anywhere. anywhere. With yes. his putter. That's true. Definitely not with a wedge with his putter. Uh, but that up and down uh, for par on 17 uh, gave him a share of the lead heading into the final round. What stood out to you uh, on Saturday? A couple things. I I was impressed with Rory. I I think you and I both picked him to contend, not to win. Yes, serious contender was the uh, verbiage. And that was on Wednesday, so you can go back and check coughchannel.com. I think both of us had called this one. And Rory was my – or, excuse me, Spieth was my winner. Going to need him to rally for a good (laughs) – I don't think that's going to happen. Not going to happen. Probably not. Xander was my winner. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to happen either. Back-to-back double bogeys is going to play your way out of contention. I'll say this about Rory, and this is the part that gets me. And I'm going to withhold judgment until the very end of the podcast because he has played in the last eight years since he won his last major championship at the 2014 PGA Championship – he has played well. He's played very well. He's played well. He's done everything except win a major except championship. Except win a major championship. He's been world number one. Because something happens. Titles. Because he well, has a bad second round or a bad third yes, there's round. there's always bad moments. 
he has a bad eighth hole, whatever the case may be, something always crops up. And the fetus in me is sitting waiting for something to crop up. You've been hurt too many times. I have. Yes, I'm a jilted lover, and this has hurt me too many times, and I, I won't let him do it to me again. However, it's impossible to ignore. Like, I, I have nothing but a monsoon of respect for Victor Hovland. And I do think he's going to be a special player as he continues going to be to, to develop. He has a serious hole in his game. I'm not going to He's a third-ranked player in the world a couple months ago. And his short game is awful. 204th, folks. This is not an exaggeration. This is not just Rex uh, just trashing on Victor Hovland's short game. <laughs> Statistically, Statistically, he is one of the worst players yes. on the PGA Tour around the greens. 204th in strokes get around the green. You never see a top 10 player in the world who has such a glaring weakness as Victor Hovland does with his short game. And yet here we are. He is on the precipice of capturing his first major title at age 24. And he's been able to mitigate that because it's St. Andrews and it's fast and it's fiery and it's yellow and everyone on t- back home the is watching. The brown. I'm colorblind. Uh, no, it's definitely yellow. Cool. cool. Yeah, just like that shirt cool. is blue, but I'm not quite sure if you can put that together as well. I thought, no, I thought the golf course looked like my pants. Uh, khaki? khaki? Maybe brown? khaki. Yeah, I'll give you khaki. But these yellow. Uh, no, those are khaki. Browns. I think it transitions from khaki to yellow. We're getting off topic. It's a hot 15. Pay attention. Stay on topic. No, we're going to give the folks 23 because that's <laughs> what we did the first time, and we need to make sure that it's just as good. I think when you look at Victor Hovland, he, in my mind, he develops into a major championship player somewhere down the road. When but, he, it does, but it doesn't happen the next 24 hours? Had he not been playing St. Andrews this week, you and I both know that he's not in contention. You and I both know that he is not tied for the lead right now because he's able to use his putter around this golf course. Let's go back just a few weeks ago. He's not doing this at Brookline. He's not doing this at Augusta National. He's not doing this pretty much anywhere else outside of these open championship venues that are baked out, and they give you the opportunity of putting from 70 yards and in. And that's the beauty of Lynx Golf. It's the creativity, and he's taking advantage of it, and good for him. I truly believe. Good for him. And well done. Well Great done. job getting this 54-hole uh, co-lead. You have absolutely no chance tomorrow is what you were saying. Eventually, he'll be exposed. I truly believe that. And as, as we said the first time around, and I'm going to reiterate this time, there are no flaws right now in Rory McIlroy's game. The only flaw, the only way this goes sideways, if he beats himself. And, and we can get into the press conference tonight when we left the golf course. We can get into the idea that he's leaning into these cliches. He's leaning into the idea that, look, I, I'm going to make this as boring as humanly possible and tell you that I just want to stay in my bubble and I don't want to get out of the process. And nothing that happens after that first tee shot matters other than the second tee shot and so on and so on and so forth. What a button up, which is that about Victor Hovland since we brought terrible short game. First, uh, terrible Awful. short game. However, this week, this week, he ranks second around the green in strokes game. That's important. We have seen Colin Morikawa twice in his young career, another uh, young player, Rex, under the age of 25, who you have trashed at certain points uh, during your podcasting career, and yet he has captured two major championships. Colin Morikawa, by any metric, is not a good putter, and yet situationally he has proven uh, to be quite a good putter. He led the field at 2020 PGA when he won at Harding Park, and he was among the best last year at the Open Championship at Royal St. George's when he won his second uh, major championship. Can Victor Hovland, when you're looking at can he? What, what is of the recipe for Victor Hovland to win on Sunday? It is a spectacular 
ball striking performance. That's how he could do it. If he hits 15, 16 greens, which is what he did uh, in the third round, he shot a bogey free 66. That continually puts pressure on Roy McIlroy to continue to play his best. And, and I'm with you. Look, we have not seen a large enough sample size to say that Victor Hovland has either figured out his short game woes or that he won't ex- be exposed at some point in that final round. I have questions just as you do. He's going to be feeling some sensations on Sunday that he has never experienced before. This is literally, this is literally his first time ever a major championship contention. As I mentioned, he is a top 10 player in the world, but it is still going to be a unique experience for him. As it comes to Roy McIlroy, having seen him for most of the 54 holes that he has played this week, no one's hitting it better. No. Statistically, no one is hitting it better. He's number one in strokes gained, uh, uh, not just off the tee, but also with his approach, but also just anecdotally. I mean, there's there's no foul balls. There's no misses. There's no tee shots that dive into pop bunkers. There's no real sense that he's going to make some of these uh, miscues that have, that have plagued his major championships over the past eight years. On our way back to the flat after the, the third round, you and I were kind of I guess, testing some ideas for the podcast. And you've actually hit me with save it for the podcast. I don't want to talk about this because I do think it's fascinating that the idea that Rory could win tomorrow, and I'm not, I'm not signing that off. I did pick, pick him to win. I do think he will end up winning, but certainly there's some roadblocks in his way and he can have one of those issues that we talked about. There's a Norwegian roadblock in his way. Well, and and look, I'm not going to, and I'm not going to completely discount one of the other players. It's a two man race. It is a two-man race. race. I'm not. I'm not going to discount either one of the Camerons, Dustin Johnson, whoever you want to. Scott Scheffler, proper golfer. Scotty Scheffler. I don't know what that means. My question to you, and you did not. You didn't want to address it on the walk back, but I am curious. Did I address it in the first pod? You did. I will say that I don't know what winning the Open Championship tomorrow is going to do to change his legacy one way or the other. That look, we'll look at him differently as a player. We'll look at. him differently as a person because it's been eight years and certainly there's been a lot of road between where he is right now and where he last won his last major at the 2014 PG championship. But I felt like he was a proper player. If we, we want to go ahead and use that term, whatever that means for. No one really knows what that means, but I, I look at Scotty Sheffield. You're just going to keep slapping me in the face. I just say that's a proper yes. golf. You're just going to keep slapping me in the face with he's a proper player because that's yes. the easiest way for you to go to this. I just don't know how this changes him. I hate legacy questions. It, this is not something that you should do at this point in Rory McIlroy's career. He is 33 years old. He has not won a major championship since he was 2014. Winning a fifth major championship, it does not alter where he stands in the, the It's no milestone whatsoever. Upgrades. He wouldn't be the winningest European golfer ever. He wouldn't be the most of the modern uh, era non-Tiger division. I mean, it, it does kind of put him... Uh, in this weird category, I do think it would be hugely significant for him personally, uh, if not professionally in the grand scheme of, of his place in the hierarchy. I think it'd be significant in the fact that it, it ends the eight years of, of questions and doubts and uh, the constant probing of when you were going to win one. I think it's significant in the sense that every player, uh, especially the, those who are teeing it up in this 150th Open, want to win a major championship at St. Andrews. Roy McIlroy, Bobby Jones just a couple, yeah, just it. a couple of That's days fine. ago, he said this this would be uh, the holy grail, and I think it'd be 
a, a significant achievement in these very divisive times. Roy McIlroy has kind of uh, assumed that ambassador role for the PGA Tour in this fight, whether it's uh, real or imagined, of, of good versus evil. You know, PGA Tour versus Live Golf as, as the professional game is splintering at the top level like we have never seen before. It would be a decisive blow in favor of the PGA Tour. So for all those reasons, uh, I think it would be hugely significant for him professionally. But I also worry that that is an enormous burden he is going to be taking with him to the first tee. It's the burden of trying to carry the sport on his shoulders. It's the burden of trying to end a eight-year winless route. It's the burden of trying to win the 150th Open at St. Andrews. Having, Victor Hovland does having not feel 95% any of, of the fans Victor behind Victor Hovland it. does not feel any of those things as he steps up on the first tee tomorrow. All right, well, now I'm torn because who did you write? Did I just talk to you? Did I just talk you into this? No, you didn't. Who did you say was going to win? Because I still, I wrote. I haven't yet said who's going to win. If I, if I, you haven't done this, your punch shot yet. No, because if if I haven't made this clear, this is the second it's time we're doing this. Pod. It's the when are you going to do this? We are doing this pod. I must say, this pod is going much better than the first one. The bunkmates being quieter. Uh, I feel like the conversation uh, is a little bit better. Have I talked you into a Victor Hovland one? No, you have not. Uh, but I do believe that it's more than a two-man race. You keep saying that. Okay, so who's gonna so who's gonna challenge? I think either of the cams could challenge. And what we what, which one do you want to write less? Oh, either you, you pick. Like that, that's dealer's choice. I wrote Cam. I wrote Cameron Smith at the Players Championship. Had a great time. What did what you did write I, that? What did I, what did I what did you write on? that? Stones, stones, guts, uh, whatever other word uh, that you use. I have no interest in writing uh, another Cameron Smith gamer. Uh, and in fact, if he does come from four shots back, you, you know there's a. There's either a, a comeback or a collapse. I think as being the uh, resident grief eater, I will focus uh, on the collapse. What about Cam Young? You seem uh, smitten with, with young uh, Cameron Young. Uh, special player. I think eventually. He, uh, proper he, golfer? I don't know about that because I'm not quite sure you keep slapping me in the face with it. And you don't give me a definition. It's just your way to transition from yep. one idea to you the next. You know it when you see it. <laughs> exactly. Scotty Scheffler is a proper golfer. It's he the plays most... the shots. He comports himself around the golf course well. He's a great thinker. He and Ted Scott make a wonderful team. Uh, very high golf IQ. Jordan Spieth, proper golfer. Scotty Scheffler, proper golfer. It's the most cliched of takes, and it just gets you from one topic to the other. You only he use it. the Lavner eye test. Everyone knows <laughs> that when you see it, Scotty Scheffler, world number one. Absolutely. That's the way to do it. Here's the problem with doing this a second time. I don't have a hard time doing this a second time. We have technical difficulties all the time. No, that's what beer's for. In the new platform, however, we have Kaz staring at us, judgingly, right through the air. There he is. There's, I, I, can everyone just keep Kaz in your thoughts? Kaz does have COVID. Uh, that explains uh, the disheveled appearance. Uh, his, his hair appears to be curling uh, in certain locations. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Uh, so we do wish uh, Kaz all of the best. Since, since you did say, Rex, that you don't think this is a two-man race, you have still not said who is going to crash the party. You have given me no reason to believe that the winner will not come out of the final group. You keep backing out of this. Say something. No, no, I don't feel good about this. I mean, I guess Cameron. You didn't feel good about Rory. You didn't feel good about. I picked Rory to win, to be clear, on the punch shot. I've already, I've I've already already filed my punch shot, by the way. But I clearly just talked you out of it. No, you haven't. I, I, I still think I'm nervous because I'm in the bag for Rory. We're we're clear about that from the very start. However, I don't know that. Anyone is playing better than Rory right now. Now, can he get out of his own way and make sure that he doesn't 
have one of those holes and, or make sure he doesn't have one of those moments where everything gets sideways. I don't know. The part I wanted to end with, this does feel like one of these moments that Rory can actually rise to the occasion. He seems to be, I believe he used the word settled uh, earlier this week. Everything's kind of quiet, calm, as I wrote on golf. He almost seems indifferent to me. It's weird. You can check it out. He's focused very much uh, on the process and not the end result. That's that's clearly the the culmination of his work uh, with Dr. Bob Rotella, along with uh, many other members of his team, whether it's Brad Faxon or his longtime swing coach, Michael Bann. He seems to be in a very stable place and absolutely does not want to talk about what it would mean Sunday night semi-second hole. Cocoon yes. is what he keeps using. And I do find that interesting. You asked him earlier tonight as you shouted from the back of the... Several hall. times. Yes, because you're short and you were way in the back and there were I'm large quarters. If you look it up, that's actually average height. I, I, don't, I don't know about that. But you kept shouting and you kept getting shouted down and, and you were in the back yes, of the stinky room. Yes, because that wasn't a proper press conference. Bring him into the interview room. We can It can all be orderly. You put your hand up. You get a microphone. Everyone gets to hear your question. He gets to sit there uh, and be introspective. We did not have that, which I think is by design. I actually mentioned this, Rex, uh, in the column. Uh, uh, Rory's management team, it was an intense negotiation with RNA officials <laughs> in order to – they were clearly trying really to get him. Really pulling back the curtain now, aren't you? They yeah. were really trying to get him into this – it's called a it's called the mix zone there. It's kind of informal. He stands there. We're all huddled around. We just kind of bark questions at him. But but when you're in that setting, you it's it's more reactionary to to what you're hearing it's not as introspective potentially it's not as detailed you're you're not uh, as keen uh to offer as many i would say deep thoughts it's more just get it over with and get on to the next question that was by design they don't want to focus on sunday quite yet they still know a very important 18 holes is to go and i, I don't deny that I, you're right he, everything he's done is the, by design and clearly Again, it seems cliched, but he seemed almost bored, indifferent. The whole prospect of him, his body language, everything about him as he left the golf course on Saturday was whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I can't control this. I'm going to ignore the outside noise. It's all the cliched stuff that Rotella. It's a sports psychologist's dream. That's exactly. So he's leaning into everything that he possibly can do, which I totally understand. And no, you didn't talk me out of it. I, I still say, think Rory is the most complete player, especially with a four-stroke lead. Like, even if he didn't have a four-stroke lead, let's say he's tied for the lead with five other people, I still would say Rory's got to be the guy. I, I, I'm still worried. I, I, you still look at the body of work and you say to yourself, well, something always goes wrong, so what's going to go wrong this time around? I, and I just don't see uh, – certainly, uh, look – this may sound ridiculous in 24 hours. He could shoot 74 and blow himself out of the out of contention early. He can blow it OB on, 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 on number one. You just don't know what's going to happen. However, quiet from the bunk, mate. Conditions are supposed to be docile and benign in the final round. It's supposed to be about 80 degrees. Wind's not supposed to blow more than 10 to 15 miles an hour. We've seen the rough this week. Uh, it's thin. It's wispy. Guys are able to advance it. You don't see any of these sort of disasters. You don't see guys making double or triple while hitting into the gorse. You don't see, well, besides Dustin Johnson, guys putting it into bunkers. You got, you don't see guys getting stymied along the wall on 17, although Rory came close today. There hasn't been any of those huge miscues. And the way that the golf course is set up, 7,300 yards, par 72 a bunch of drivable par fours, reachable par fives, 
there are opportunities for him to quickly get back any drop shots that he would have on some of the holes that, that may be playing difficult, whether they're into uh, into a crosswind or playing into the wind. So I just don't see how this time it can really get off kilter. Now, if the conditions were 50 degrees, blown, uh, blowing 30, dry, blinding rain, sure. You know, you could see a potential disaster. Uh, Rory, uh, statistically, anecdotally, uh, is 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 playing too well at this point. He's my he's my pick to win this 150th Open. All right, we got to get out of here in 22 minutes. That, that's what we promised, and we're probably, I'm sure, we'll get into this tomorrow night a little bit deeper. But the idea, only because I asked a few players about this, we don't know exactly what the forecast. Is going to be tomorrow. It calls for sure a little, we do. It's supposed to be eighty for, degrees and calls, ten to fifteen miles an hour. I literally just said it. A, a little bit more wind. Well, mm, again, it's about the same. My concern. It's a, it's a wee breeze, I believe. The Scots called. That's it. right. That's what Adam Scott called it and this afternoon when I asked him about it. Without the proper conditions, is Ferdinand there? Uh, he, he was not. No, your friend was not there. By looking for me, but he said hi. Without the proper conditions, I don't know. I, I guess my question would be. Can it still hold up to the world's best? And it I has. What's wrong with this leaderboard? Nothing's some, wrong with the leaderboard. Guy, some guy popped off the, the, the 16 the is open. The this year's open is not going to crown the champion golfer of the year. And I, ha- I, I had to come back at him. You know, this was after 36 holes. I said, all you have in the top six of the leaderboard is the player's champion, the tour leader in strokes gained, world number the one. generational great in Dustin Johnson, the world number one in Scotty Scheffler, one of the best players under 25. In Victor Hovland, I mean, what more? What more do you want? Oh, I'm not complaining about the leaderboard. Who at cares all. about scores? I think it part of the construct. No, I, I totally agree with the idea that it, it has identified, and I truly believe it will identify the best player this week. And that's the whole point. Is and, it a little tricked up? Yes. Yes. There is no doubt that the RNA was terrified of 30 under par winning this golf tournament with with 15 mile an hour wins. You put the pins in accessible spots. The guys are absolutely going to eat it a lot. And it I feel like they're going to get down. to 20 under. You do not. Yeah. No, I do. I think 20 under is the winning score. And, I think and, Rory should 60. So that sets a new record for St. Andrews. That breaks Tiger Woods' record yep. of 19 under. Yep. I, I don't have a problem with that. I guess the conversation going forward will be, what do you do if you don't get the weather? Because you need the weather here. Without the weather, it's not that test that everyone wants it to be. Everyone hopes it to be. It sounds like a global warming argument. Are you trying to make a global warming argument? No, not at all. We haven't, we haven't, some we haven't seen world news in about three weeks. Are you sure this, that's even I a have, thing? I have no idea what's going on in the world. I also have no idea what ice tastes like because I haven't had it in three weeks. I'm only going to, going to say that I, I think something can be said for the idea that without the weather, and it's going to happen sometimes, it's, going to happen, it's not going to happen other times. If this particular golf course is exposed like this in the future, I can only imagine it's going to go downhill. And I can see where people suddenly start wringing their hands and worrying about this. A couple things about this. I think there's a reason why in Tiger... A couple and, things. There and, is ice, and, and I just, I'm, I'm making that up. I'm uh, exaggerating that. Uh, these, these beers have been uh, uh, plenty frosty. Uh, there's a reason why both Tiger Woods and John Rahm mentioned 2030 as, a, as the probable next date for a St. Andrews Open. That makes sense because it gets them back on that every five-year schedule. And Rex... It's also eight years from now. You would think by that point they have made some sort of equipment restrictions. The lawsuits have been settled, uh, and perhaps things are a little bit more normal on the distance front. That's one aspect. The second aspect, well, actually, I forgot the second aspect. Nope, I remember the second aspect. The second aspect, Rex, is that no player, no player in this field 
actually thinks that this is the best course in the open rota. No one does. Oh, I disagree with that. It can be their favorite golf course, but no one thinks that it is the actual best test of golf in the open rota. Almost every player to a man says that that answer is Mirfield. But for this, the open, it's more about the setting. It's more about the history. It's more about uh, the intrigue. It's more about the excitement of the, the par fours and the reachable par fives. That's what this open is about. Who cares about score? If you want to make this a little bit tougher and not have record scoring, drop it down to a par 70. What's the big deal? Sure. Sure. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, I mean, I'm not sure how this podcast could end uh, any stronger. Folks, I would definitely tune in Sunday because after uh, the tournament, the champion golfer of the year is determined, Rex is probably going to have uh, some more hot takes like that. Sure. <laughs> Mary wins? Sure. Victor Hovland wins? Sure. Uh, one of the cameras comes from behind? Sure. Sure. Uh, but we have greatly enjoyed uh, doing these daily pods from the Open Championship. If you guys are loving it too, don't just reach out to Kaz uh, because he's still, uh, as I mentioned, not feeling his best. Kaz, we do hope that you feel better. But reach out to us on Twitter at RyanLabberGC, at RexHoggerGC. Uh, he's probably getting ratioed. Uh, for something that he tweeted earlier. But thank you guys uh, for listening to this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. We'll be back on Sunday night for more of Rex's Hot Takes.